We surveyed Fizzle members and asked them, what is the most difficult thing in your business right now? They answered in one word. We said, give us in one word. What is the most difficult thing in your business right now? And today on the show, we're going to talk about three of the most common responses to that question, offering in return some of that wisdom, humor, and experience you've come to expect from The Fizzle Show. All right, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show! It's the first episode of 2017, and this is The Fizzle Show, where every Friday we publish another conversation to educate and motivate people who work for themselves, because doing it on your own, you're just prone to fizzle out, man. Now, if you want to go deeper, we've got depth, training, community support, weekly coaching calls, interviews with the successful founders about how they did it, and a guided roadmap through every stage of business. Listen, Fizzle is just like we're building a one-stop shop for everyone who wants to create the life that they want to create, instead of just, you know... <laughs> trying to get a job that your uncle hook up hook you up with or something like that. I don't know. Join the thousand plus people that are getting training, motivation, and support to actually stay persistent and inspired in their business. As a Fizzle Show listener, go to fizzle.co slash try five and get five weeks for free. Don't fizzle out. Don't burn out. Instead, make steady progress towards the life that you design. Fizzle.co slash try five. All right, follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 196. I will be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. But first, I got to tell you a little bit about my New Year's Eve thing that I like to do. Well, you guys, it's the new year. We're back in the new year. It's the first episode of 2017, and I'm fired up. Woohoo! I'm fired up. I'm more fired up about a new year than I've ever been in my life. Really? Wow. It keeps getting better every year. Huh. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, uh, maybe you're pat. I think I, I haven't reached peak. And this this right now might be peak. Yeah, might be peak. Uh, you know, New Year's excitement. Okay, for my life. Well, you never know. And then from here, it was. It's just. Uh, you know, th- at this level, if you're I'm just if stay I'm like this. if I'm lucky, but then you'll get used to it. You know, one of the things I learned. We host a big. Part, this is our tenth year in a row hosting the New Year's Eve party. We missed one because we all got like swine flu or something like that. Sure, like the day before that sucked. But uh, I do this party trick where you go around with a little half shot of tequila to every little group at the party. And, um, and you you'd say, I'll do one if you do. And uh-huh. you get everybody to take a half shot of tequila at 9, 9.30. And? Just kept, kicks it up a notch. What right? else do you want to say about that? I don't need to share anything else about Come that. Come on, buddy. <laughs> no, because the important thing about this is every... I, <laughs> this is like so in my wheelhouse. Like I go to each group. Yeah. And then I once I get them, you know, I, once I get them to everybody get a little shot glass, these disposable cute shot glasses. Ah, it's a little quarter shot of pretty good tequila and just something to, you know, heat up, heat up the, the things at the night, right? Right. Yeah. And and I get everybody finally. It's like, girl's like, oh my God, I don't know. It's like, okay, it's just like a here's a smaller, it's a really small okay, all right. And then we're literally talking about like a third of a shot. <laughs> it's right? a tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny little thing. But uh but once you finally get people to take their glasses, like I get to give my little speech. 
Mm. I do. I like, and I and I didn't know that I do this every time. I don't think I did this as much as I do now. But now it's like my favorite thing in the world. Like I, I like, and and so I got to work work my speech throughout the night and yeah. every every time I was doing the thing. And what I realized is is New Year's to me is not uh, is not about new beginnings. It's not about some thing I don't already know for my life. It's about knocking the barnacles off. Sure. These things that accrue all year long. You get all this crud and stuff. You got to clean it out. You got to knock off the barnacles yeah. and start fresh from what you already knew was true about you and your life. What you already knew you wanted in life, right? Are you just trying to justify why we start the new year with a hangover every year? <laughs> I did. I was actually fine. I my like I said I, I don't know if anybody follows me on Instagram uh, Chase W Reeves but my Instagram stories were <laughs> Chase W Reeves like Michael W Smith or something <laughs> the hell is that saddle up your horses we got a trail to blaze <laughs> oh man a good all right all right, all right. a good solid two percent of our viewership just, or listeners just went like what yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the day after the party new year's party for us goes to the day after that's like it's all scheduled everybody comes back over i can verify that you can verify yeah it was like as loud as it was the night before <laughs> oh my god at noon the next day and we're all in jammies and we're and we're all uh we're made we make what we call washburns it's our breakfast sandwich thing uh and and then we like we played games we watched movies and i was just like i was i was heavy i was heavy and slow i like being heavy and slow but it wasn't that bad. Yeah. And I had people over all day long. It was my favorite thing. One year we did it, people were there for three days. Three days of New Year's Eve. <laughs> That's excessive. That's excessive. Not too much for me, baby. <laughs> no, because, you know, you just got people who are like, well, I don't want to be alone. All right, what do you want to do? Well, I want to watch a movie. Well, screw it. Let's do it. Let's watch a movie. And then you're, then, and it's like, well, while you're doing that, someone's cooking dinner. Never heard that thing about house guests and fish? No. They both start to stink after a couple of days. Yeah, like, I mean, the hell out. <laughs> some do, some do, but but my friends are not like that. So, anyways, it's New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's rather. It's the New Year. Sorry, <laughs> it's the New Year. It knocked the barnacles off. Um, <laughs> so, what I thought would be amazing to do because what I've been doing for the last few days is been making like crazy this web page we just published. Mm. Boy, it's, have you? It's on the. It's on. It's it reveals all the stats that we that we took from. Uh, from Vizzlers this year, the things that they've accomplished this year. And you guys, like I said in the post that many of you are on our email list, um, where we every Tuesday we write an article and you get that emailed to you. Um, same thing with, with every Friday we do another podcast, you get that emailed to you. Um, this Tuesday was like, it is absolutely possible to do great things in business without being some, you know, I have an MBA from Stanford, without being some, I have venture back funding, without being some, I have an awesome mentor, you know what I mean? Without being some expert and like, like incredible business person. Right. People are doing amazing things in real things in business without being some, you know, groomed genetic species for business. These are fizzlers. This is what we live for. And they're doing it. Right? Yeah. I love this. Yeah, this is great. You mm -hmm. can go to fizzle.co slash 2016, and you can see all of these stats, all of these things that people are are uh, have done this year. Yeah, and I, I love this is the third year, I think, that you've done this in a yeah. row. Yeah, I think and, so. And uh, basically, I mean, the, the sausage, how the sausage is made is yeah. you send out a survey, <laughs> people give you a lot of answers, yeah. and then you turn it into this amazing illustrated page yeah. with tips and tricks and stats and whatnot mm -hmm. in there. 
Yeah, I like the I like the roadmap one. Did you guys know that 56% of fizzlers are in stage or phase two of the roadmap? Mm-hmm. Awesome. That is, they've already got their idea. They've already created their website and they got it all up and, and ready. And now they're in the phase where they're trying to earn regular income from their thing enough to support themselves. Yep. 10% of fizzlers are in phase three which is they're already making full-time living from their thing, have done for some time, and they're, they're actively working on scaling their business up. Yep. Like, that's amazing. 32% in phase one. There's all of these 29% of fizzlers joined a mastermind group this year. This happens to be my favorite illustration of the whole, of the whole thing. Uh, you got to go to fizzle.co slash 2016 just to see the mastermind illustration that I did. That's all I'll say. <laughs> It's a lot of booty. It's a whole lot of booty. But what I wanted to talk about today is one of the questions we asked, and one of my favorite things about about doing these surveys is, is I ask a question like this, in one word, what is the hardest thing in your business right now? Right? And everybody takes the, the survey. We had about 530, 540 people fill out the survey this time. Um, then they, they, I take all their answers to that question, all those one word answers. And I use a tool called wordle.net to put together a big word cloud where the more people who say a specific word, the, the larger that word is in the word cloud, right? I have to do some making sure that everything's lowercase, everything's yada, 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 to make sure it's all good. But, uh, uh, this is one of my favorite word clouds from the, from the page. And I thought it would be awesome if today we, each grabbed one of these words, you know, these are things that fizzlers are saying, this is the hardest thing about business right now for me. This is the hardest thing in my business is this one, this thing. Yep. Right. And I wanted to see each to grab one and we're going to talk about it on, on the show today. Like, so this is, this is specifically talking to people who said I struggled with this. And then one of us going like, Hey, I struggle with that too. Here's what I do about it. Or here's what I've learned about it. Or here's the nature of this dilemma. Right. Yep. Uh, I want to jump. I want to get into it. Are you guys ready for it? You want to jump into Let's it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Steph, I got to start with you because we sort of had a powwow beforehand and we were talking about the largest word, the biggest word in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we were deciding, okay, who does that, who does that one go to? The other one, I don't know what Corbett chose. He doesn't know what I chose. It's probably the same thing. <laughs> I hope it's not. <laughs> but, uh, but you, you got, uh, you, you chose the, the, the big one. So yes. tell us about what the big one is and, and what this what this one means to you. Okay, so the big one, the biggest word in this cloud that Chase is describing, so again, this is the number one thing that people said was hard in their businesses, is time. And I time. I was not surprised, and I'm sure you guys weren't either. I was not at all surprised to see that this was the number one thing that people said was hard because it's definitely yeah. the challenge we hear most often in the Fizzle forums. And frankly, I mean, if we're really being honest, it's the number one reason that we, we ask people when they leave Fizzle, when they, you know, sometimes people quit their memberships, can't imagine mm. why they would do that. But some of them do, <laughs> and we ask why. And the number one thing they say is, time. They just don't feel that they have the time Mm. to properly take advantage of our courses and amazing community and weekly coaching. They just don't feel they have enough time to uh, utilize this while they're also building businesses and all the other commitments that they have going on. So these days, this one resonates with me more than ever. And, uh, you know, of course, everybody probably listening knows that I added my first child to my family this year. I'm I'm mom to an almost Mm. eight month old baby. And uh, honestly, (laughs) I'm definitely busier than ever. And in fact, it seems like the older she gets, the more demanding she is in a different way as she grows and needs different things from me. 
it's freaking hard. It's really hard. And, you know, I, mm. it's funny because I have the experience of having a very demanding full-time job and trying and, and trying to build a business at the same time. And that was really hard, but in, at least for me and everybody's different, but for me, I am being stretched to a different limit than I ever thought was possible before. And in fact, some people in our audience have written to me since I've had the baby and said, I was waiting for you to figure out what this was going to be like moms and dads out there. Mm-hmm. And it's totally true. It's just like not, <laughs> I'm sure I was like blissfully naive. I'm sure I came across that way too on the podcast until it actually <laughs> happened, until it actually happened to me. And honestly, often it feels like I have two full-time jobs. I'm either on the clock as mom or I'm on the clock as the director of member success at Fizzle. So it's hard. It's hard for me to find time above and beyond what I'm doing, my daily commitments for any extra projects, whether it's creative outlets, big, you know, audacious projects for Fizzle or even exercise and my own personal aspirations. Um, and it's, it's tricky. I know a lot of people resonate with this because they're coming home from full-time day jobs that are demanding enough on their own. And then of course, you know, when you get home, all you want to do is spend time with the family. Then of course the kids go to bed and then, oh my God, does it, it has never felt so good to put Netflix on and have a glass of wine. Like never in my life when it's after Mm. seven o'clock, I'm just like, I'm doing nothing. Yeah. All these, all these kids, all these kids, (laughs) they have this like Netflix and chill thing. They think, they think it's like for like getting to know someone else. Like, no, no. I'll tell you what Netflix and chill is about. It's for daddy time. <laughs> it's for dads. Uh-huh. And moms, it's for sweatpants and don't touch me. It's for it really red is. wine and and can you not breathe through your mouth? It's 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 for I'm going to watch another episode. You can go to bed, honey. Exactly. <laughs> That's Netflix and chill. Yep. You hit the nail on the uh. head. It's it's crazy. And, you know, sometimes I think entrepreneurship is so confusing because many of us got into this thinking it would give us freedom, right? We traded mm. the stability uh, that you get from a more traditional path for freedom, quote, air quote, air quote, freedom. And it's easy to find yourself mm. saying, like, what the hell is the point of spending more time away from my family? Like, this isn't getting me where I want to go. So I've had this conversation with a few people, and it's still something I'm trying to figure out, frankly, because I'm new to this whole game. But honestly, for me, a couple things have been helpful with trying to figure out time because I haven't figured out how to make more time. So until we figure that out, <laughs> this is this is the best I got. What's been helpful for me is, is to get really clear on, and we've talked about this before, but just to reiterate, I really have to get pretty clear on why I would spend my time, my evening downtime, my special time with John or just myself with, you know, doing something other than wine and Netflix. And to be, of course, to be perfectly honest, I certainly still do my fair share of Netflix and drinking wine, but I do have other personal goals I'm trying to achieve. I have some really big projects. And uh, to be honest, sometimes I really envy my husband who gets to go sit at a desk and have a leisurely lunch and look at ESPN because he has a more traditional path, I guess. And but, you know, for me, I intentionally I intentionally designed my life to have more time with my baby girl and do work I care about. Uh, but that also has mean it means that I feel a little bit more pressed for time, I think, than maybe I would have in a, in a previous life. So. One thing that I'm working on lately that I know I've had a lot of conversation with other moms with in particular, I'm sure this is true for dads as well, uh, but I think it's important to figure out how to accept help. And I hope this doesn't sound cliche because a lot of people told me about this before I started a family and I don't think it totally resonated with me. I was like, okay, what's the big deal? You can accept help. But truly, you know, for me, I have childcare for a good chunk of my day. And honestly, at first it was really hard for me to let that into my life, but I'm becoming increasingly accepting of the fact that I'm honestly a better mom when I get to do more of the work that I really care about. So I don't know what that means for me in the future. It could be me. It could 
could mean taking advantage of more care if I end up needing that. But I know a lot of entrepreneurs try to do absolutely everything by themselves and you end up struggling with time. So I think if you're having this feeling like I just don't have enough time, for me, I have learned to think to myself and actually think about it multiple times. What can I delegate? There's got to be something else that I can delegate. I think we all load so much onto our plates. Like we have to be the one to clean the house. We have to be the one to put the baby to bed every single night. And truth be told, there's probably additional things that you can get help with. And if you have the opportunity to do it, I have learned to just do it and don't feel bad about it. So people out there who are struggling with time, I am in complete solidarity with you. And um, I would actually love to hear people's tips too, because I'm still struggling with this one myself. So I have a question for you. Um, As you think about time, I'm sort of cross-referencing this with what I know of like uh, someone like Glennon Doyle Melton, like her her, um, her just sort of, I don't know, to me, I haven't read any of her books or anything, but like what she sort of represents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious uh, if if there have been voices in your life, whether they're someone like her or, or others uh, or a book or a mentor, has there been anyone in your life that has helped you sort of learn how to sort of accept help or to see your, uh, reframe how you see your sort of time conundrum? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Glennon Doyle Melton is a really good one. And I, I I mean, I'm still digging into all of her stuff. I have not read her newest book, Love Warrior. I know people say it's really good. And I've mentioned it on the show before. And I actually heard from a lot of people who encouraged me to read it. So I'll be reading that one this, uh, pretty soon here this year. But she's published a great many articles on things like this that are helpful. I know I talked about that one article I liked that's uh, the title is Don't Carpe Diem. And it's helpful to let go of the idea that you have to be enjoying every single moment of the day because people, of course, people tell you like, oh, it all goes by so fast. And I don't know, for people like me, that makes me feel really stressed because I'm like, oh God, I got to hang on to every single moment. And the truth is like a lot of moments suck and that that's okay. It's, you know, so I think that that type of uh, mentality, realizing that you don't necessarily have to, you know, it's not like the number, like the amount of time for me, I have found it's not like necessarily spending as much of time as I can with my with my baby girl, as much as it is making the time that I do spend being fully present, like not having my laptop open when she's awake, things like that. So yes, I think that people like Glennon Doyle Melton, you know, the, the company she keeps is really helpful with this. Brene Brown, certainly Elizabeth Gilbert, people like that definitely, you know, because they have the experience of mother motherhood as well and parenthood in general. So yes, I think that that whole school of thought is really helpful for giving yourself a break when it comes to, because the thing is when you apply this kind of pressure to yourself and here's where Elizabeth Gilbert comes in and Chase, I know you know her work better. When what Elizabeth Gilbert has to say about this is the more pressure you put on yourself to earn a living from your creative outlets, the less creative you feel. And so the more you're like beating yourself up for not being the kind of parent you want to be, or I'm I'm using parenthood here, but you can use any commitment that you Mm. might have. You know, it could be a a demanding day job. It could be a hobby. It could be family commitments above and beyond parenthood. But the more pressure you're putting on yourself to be that person as well as, oh my God, I have to earn a living for this business or else I fail. I think it's important to find a way to give yourself that create. I know Elizabeth Gilbert's really big about finding a way to take some of that pressure off so that you can be creative because yeah. that's that's where the best work comes from. It doesn't come from like telling yourself, if you screw this up, then you suck. Like that's just not how it's, that's not how you're going to come up with your best stuff. Yeah. 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 I like that. Okay. Got it. So, so, uh, Glennon Doyle Melton, Elizabeth Gilbert, these are people that help you sort of reframe because I think when 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 what I'm hearing you say and what's resonating with me is this idea this this feeling that um, 
there's just times when I don't know that I have too much on my plate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like I need someone to come in and, you know, it makes me think of this thing you shared in Slack uh, a few days ago where it's it's like Christmas at Midlife by Marianne <laughs> Perone. Yeah. It says, I'm no longer waiting for special occasion. I burn the best candles on ordinary days. I'm no mm-hmm. longer waiting for the house to be clean. I fill it with people who understand that even dust is sacred. I'm no longer waiting for everyone to understand me. It's just not their task. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all of these are just reframing things that I didn't know I was, I was, I was thinking about in a particular way. And I feel like a right. lot of breakthrough for me in in thinking about time management or or is is just realizing like, Oh, it's like this, this horrible, this horrible realization. Like I'm not going to get to do the, all of these things I want to do. Yep. You know, I'm just not going to be able to. I think it's also important for me. I've been trying to let go of the mentality that I kind of feel like I was raised with, which was more is more. Right. And, and part of that, what I mean by that is realizing that, you know, this idea that I have to work from eight to eight in order to be successful is something that I've always struggled with, you know, trying to move away from that and, and just have my time that I do spend working be really, really high quality. And it's the same thing with family. Mm. And interestingly too. So, so one thing that I experimented with recently, since I have a very big project that I've undertaken recently, I had the opportunity to just temporarily increase my childcare hours a little bit. And I was really scared to do it. I was like, Oh my God, more time away. Like what kind of mom does that make me? It, it went really well. I mean, it was great. I actually felt like I had a little bit of more room to breathe. So that might be something that I consider in the future. And I was super scared to do it because I had this limiting belief that that meant that, you know, that wasn't going to allow me to be as present as I wanted to be. But I found that that isn't the case at all. So some of this is kind of experimenting with different, um, I, I don't know, challenging different things that you might believe no matter what commitment it is in your life, parenthood or anything else. So it's part of it's getting creative. So if you're thinking to yourself, I don't have time, I don't have time for, to build a business. I don't have time to invest in myself. I think it's important to look at that and say, is that really true? Or is there something I can do to, to, you know, make my myself feel like I have the creep because I think part of what people are saying, at least how I feel, is it's not just time. It is it is to some degree, but it's also saying I don't feel I have the creative space. I don't feel I have the mental energy yeah. mm-hmm. to 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 put meaningful work. I, I'm just like drained. Like I don't have anything left to give. And I have mm. felt that way in the past where it's like, I have nothing left. And I think if you feel that way, there's no way that you can create something awesome. So you have to figure out first, like how can I make myself feel taken care of? Then I can get back into a mode where the cool ideas and the excitement can come flowing back in. I'm curious, like of the people in our audience who feel like they don't have enough time or people who mentioned this, what are the categories of time restrictions that people have. So parenthood is one obvious example that a lot of people fall into. Um, another one that I recall being in was just having a day job that was really demanding where you had yes. to work 10 hours a day or, or more. And if you wanted to do anything on your own business, you had to do it uh, you know, late at night or on the yeah. weekend. Yeah. And um, it was the same kind of thing. I remember exactly what Steph just said, which is, it's not that you don't necessarily have time. You d- you do have just a, a small amount of time, but yeah. there is time there. Mm-hmm. But it's just so hard to come up with the energy that you need after you spend an entire day. Your brain is just kind of fried. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. so, you know, the most logical thing is to go to dinner, have some drinks, watch Netflix, yeah. Yeah. go to sleep, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, whatever it is. And so I think a lo- lot of the struggle here is partly recognizing that, okay, I, there are these two or three hours a day that yeah. I could use. Yeah. And sometimes that's all you need to make progress. In fact, 
you know, now I have all the time I want to work on my business, but yeah. that doesn't mean that I have more than two or three productive hours anyway. Yeah. So it's just a matter of like figuring out how to manage your day so that in those two hours that you have, yeah. you're able to find the creative energy somehow. And um, for me, it was always really trying to tackle the projects that I was naturally really excited about because there are some things where, you know, I could be super tired. And if you asked me to go bowling, I'd say, hell yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care how tired I am, right? Yeah. You, know, you are a good if, bowler. If you said, hey, let's go. If you said, hey, let's go golfing, like I'd be like, hells yes, let's do it. Like those sorts of things I can always have enough energy for. And likewise, there are certain kinds of business ideas I think that it's really easy to get super excited about. And that's where focus really matters. Mm -hmm. Because if you feel like there's a lot on your your plate, uh, if you feel like your to-do list is sort of never ending and you have this overwhelmed kind of feeling, you have to realize that most of the stuff on that to-do list isn't going to get you any closer to the goal, the real yeah, goal. Yeah. And um, focus is really the name of the game. And so find that thing that gets you really excited so that you can burn through those two hours yeah. and put your best foot forward on it. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're kind of talking about mine already. Can we move into mine, Steph? Are you, are you yeah. okay with yes, that? Yes, do it. Let's go. Okay. Okay, so the one that I went with, and I'm, I'm looking at Corb, I'm kind of trembling because I don't know if, he's, if he took this one too. Uh, job. Did you take this one? No. Job and work. All right. Okay. So these are people to me that feels like I have a day job. I have yeah. a job. Like right. I, I don't, I have the hardest thing in my business right now is I have a job. I have, a, they're saying exactly the same thing you're talking about, Steph. You know, it's like the other side of this coin. It's like I have roles and responsibilities that I don't have a lot of time for creative work or thinking about what I want. Now, I was exactly there in that point when I, or exactly at that, at that place when I was working at a startup here in town in Portland. And, uh, and I just, I, I, this has happened to me like eight times in my life where I have some job and then I'm like, I don't like this. I feel like the d- energy and the directions over there. Right. And eventually that led me to fizzle where I like, I get to be one of the big boys who decides what we do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It makes it easier. I, I was never that guy. Yeah. So, um, and that's a lot, I mean, that's what I think a lot of us who are listening to the show are interested in. We want to be the big boy who decides what we do with our time. But we also, then if you do that, you have to. You have to be responsible for making the money, yeah. too. You got to not go hungry. <laughs> but uh, this idea of of having a of having a job, and then you, like you said, Corbett, I've only got like a couple hours a night. Maybe I could wake up early and go to the coffee shop for an hour before I head into not work. Not gonna happen. Do you know what I mean? I used to do that. I used not to do that a me. lot. But um, but I what I really am resonating with what you guys are talking about is just this sense of like you have this feeling inside like i want to do something but you don't you that like you'll have that feeling for months and you're not doing anything yeah about it you know what i mean you have that feeling it's like this it's like it's like something inside you going like yeah i would like that and then you just forget about it you know and then when it comes up it starts coming back up with like anger and resentment Mm -hmm. it starts like having like a beef with you you know what i mean it starts like being like you aren't taking good care of us right and then you say to it, like, yeah, but we have to stay, like, alive. We have to, I have to not rock the boat too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have to not rock the boat too much. Um, and so you're managing that. And I just feel so much for people who have that experience because it's just so scary. I mean, we all remember yeah. what it's like to have that job where you're just like, well, if I lose this job, yeah, there's a story, like, where it's like I lost a job and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But that's not what I think is going to happen when I'm going to lose my job, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I like how this 
segues really nicely from mm-hmm. time, but I yeah. think you're right. There are a lot of other things beneath the surface that make having a job the most difficult thing about trying to build a business that yeah. aren't necessarily related to time. Yeah. Um, one of them is this feeling like I could lose that job. And so I have yeah. to be really precious with it. It's really yeah. important to me. Another one is just that feeling of, I can't let my boss find out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear yeah. from people a lot of times, yeah. like how am I supposed to blog or podcast or whatever, when I'm really worried that my boss is going to find out and maybe this overlaps or maybe they're just going to be really pissed that I'm working on something on the side and I'm going to endanger my career. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, and, and what if I, you know, a lot of this, like deciding to build a business is a feeling out process. You don't know yet yeah. if this is right yeah, yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you want to have one foot in each world yeah, for a totally. while. And you don't want to just burn the bridges and and go on and do your own thing. So I feel for people. Yeah. I remember this. I remember just working. And, and, you know, for me, I was traveling a lot for work. And so in some ways uh, it meant that I was busier, but in other ways it also meant that I was on an airplane a lot and I was in hotel rooms. And so I didn't have friends and family and, and my spouse around that much. So the, I could cram in those three hours a night after mm-hmm. dinner And, uh, you know, I remember always looking at the clock, like I got to get to bed because I've got my work tomorrow Yeah, and I was never, I could never get up early and work. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. yeah. So I was always apt to like start feeling it at like midnight or one in the morning. Yeah. And you're trying to cram a quick hour, extra hour. Yeah. That's going to lead to some good sleep. Right. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Just like spinning it all up crazy town just before I hit the pillow. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that for I me. I remember that, that works for me actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> Corbett like runs 13 miles right into bed. All right. right. Into bed. <laughs> I also remember working and uh, sometimes when I was in the middle of something, it was like so important to me that I would, you know, sneak off into a corner with my laptop and get a little private work done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the job. Yeah. Uh, and then doing the quick alt tab if you felt somebody like sneaking up behind you, you know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Sometimes you got to do that sort of thing. You yeah, know? It's yeah. Like, I did it a lot too. Yeah. I did it a lot. I was making websites. I was doing client work. I was designing, you know, uh, sites for bloggers and and clients that, and doing that kind of stuff. And um, what I've learned about this, let's see. Let me look at let me look at my note my notes here. Um, I think first of all, there's this like sense of uh, of let me let me let me do this really quick. Uh, GI vision quote. I was looking at one of these earlier today. Here's a quote from Oprah Winfrey. Steph, I was looking at for our little project that we'll be launching oh, yeah. uh, a few days after this project airs. Here's a quote from Oprah Winfrey who says, "Create the highest, grandest vision possible for your life because you become what you believe." Right. And and I think in our culture, there's there's starting to be a little bit of a pressure about this. Like we know this is possible to create a grand vi- like a vision for our life. That's like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Like it's possible and I'm going to go for it, you know, but that but w- with that opportunity to, to do that becomes the, it, a fear, a fear that like like the, that like, wow, it will take an enormous amount of bravery to pursue that path. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It really will. And because I don't know. And so it's way easier to do a little bit of feeling it out, you know. That's why I like I like people who who can uh, find a path to do their side project while they have a steady job, mm-hmm. because it's like okay, I got one foot in the steady job, one foot in my side project. We'll just well, I'm feeling things out because I don't even know if this vision is really for me. I'm 35 almost now, and I'm starting to get to a point where it's like I I kind of know I kind of know I kind of know myself, you know. I kind of know my I'm kind of sick of my own bullshit. You know what I mean? Like I'm used to. 
what I do and I, how I lie to myself and I, and I know who I am and, and and a little bit about what life's like. You know, I've experienced suffering and loss. I've experienced, you know, wonder and beauty and all. I've, I've got relationships that I haven't burned the bridges, you know, and I've got others that I have. So I'm getting to this point now at 35 where I'm kind of like, I'm getting a sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing the same year, same day every you know every year. The same seasons come back. The patterns. You're kind of yeah. like, I have the feeling I'm going to see this again and again and again and again and again. Right. And so it gets to this point where it's like, all right. So what do you want? Mm-hmm. What do you want? And I, that's very different for me than when I was 30 or 28 or 24, going like, what's the vision for my life, man? Do you know what I mean? I right. really, I really didn't know. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I couldn't. I didn't trust myself much. Right. Then and I barely. You just trust- always you just always have these feelings like you know that it's not what you're doing. It's right now. It's not what you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so and I feel like there's a lot of wisdom that can come with that. There's like there's a way that you can pursue that. Going like, all right, I know it's not this. However, I do need to purchase oatmeal and ramen to to survive, and I need to be pursuing other things to experiment with other things to see what it could possibly be. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, anyways, but this idea of you got to create this this grandest highest vision possible for your life. Because you become what you believe, and because like all of these things are possible for us, like way more than than the days of the Black Plague, you know, way more than caveman days. Like it's never been better than right now, never, right. ever. Right? Then there's this other quote from Steve Jobs right next to this. It says, "If you're working on something exciting that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you, mm. right?" You know, and I think we resonate with that. All, all yeah. of us who have, have experienced that thing is what you were talking about. There's some projects, there's some things that like they pull you, yeah. right? In the way that bowling pulls you, Corbett. <laughs> but or like you get you get or it. ping pong. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of different <laughs> <laughs> or ping pong, right? So you've got this vision that can pull you, and then there's the, the, and that's one way. That's a new, that's a feeling that like if you're in that feeling, you got to respect that feeling. There's another feeling though where it's like. It's not this, and I don't know what it is, right? Yeah. So all of that to just sort of like set the scene for what I think is is my uh, my I have I have a couple tips here, okay? So so one of them is uh, you, you just communicating with your relationship if you have a spouse or a partner or just a close friend or something, just getting it out of your own head, right? Just to get a, we talked about this on what was it episode fifty five? Am I remembering that right? Of of romance and relationships for entrepreneurs, uh, I, I, which I think is an awesome episode because it's a very special thing when you're starting a new business or you're trying to do a solo entrepreneurship thing and you've got a spouse or a partner on the way, you know, you know with you. You gotta, and, and a lot of us don't. We don't have these conversations very well. We don't know, and that that episode gets into how you can talk about this stuff with your partner. That's been a big thing for me. I didn't want to be weak. I didn't want to not know what I was doing. But the truth is I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I didn't want to tell my wife that uh, because I, did, I, and I, couldn't, I didn't really know how, I didn't really know that that's what I needed to say and that she would have been okay with that. Yeah. Right? I didn't know that yet. That's a thing that some of you yeah, listening- Yeah, walking around with this like just sense of impending doom. Like yeah. I have this dream. Yeah. But I can't share it because somebody's going to crap on it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. scary. It's super scary. You got to, it, it's, and it's scary for some of you listening right now. And, and you know, there's the person you should, you should, you could share it with maybe. And it would take a ton of courage to do that. I highly recommend doing it and, and set it up. Like, go like, let's go get tea. You're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to call me an idiot. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You have to be gentle with me. I know this is weird, but I just have to get this off out of, out of my own head. 
and my skull-sized kingdom, and I need to share it with someone because you'd be, it's amazing how much you carry yourself, or at least that's what it's like for me, okay? That's, that's one thing. Then the second thing is, is realizing this, the, the difference between these two things I've talked about. The desire to have a vision is one thing. The being pulled by a vision is another, right? And kind of respecting each of those things, because what I could have done all along when I was working in these jobs is define a very specific project-oriented kind of vision. Mm -hmm. Do you know? I could have easily defined a thing. Yeah. But I never did. I always, it was like- said you're looking for this existential answer. Just looking for the big, gooey, like, unity, man. Do you know what I mean? I wanted the big, the whole thing. You know, the altered, the altered everything. Yeah. But because I wasn't, I, w- I remember I was thinking about this with uh, when I started Father Apprentice, the, one of the first like blogs I decided to start with like a purpose. It was it was my like basically my own my only goal from this thing, and I got this out of it. My only goal from this thing was to be cool. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Was to not be cheesy. Was to not uh, was to was to tell the truth. Was to be sort of like a uh, smart but like funny and like what and I and it was important that like if I got successful, it was by accident. It was like, that was like one thing that I just was like, I think when I look back, I was, I, I, I was like, if this gets successful, it's going to be one of those, like, I don't know. I just started doing this thing. And then it, I, you know, one thing led to another right. because I didn't have a strategy. I did not have a process or a plan in place that I, I just wasn't interested in that at all. Yeah. And I got exactly what I wanted out of it, mm-hmm. which was to say I was authentic, <laughs> you know, yeah. put that in one hand <laughs> yeah, and then. You know, fill the other with anything of your choice and see which one fills up first. Perhaps. Right? <laughs> For anything. <laughs> I don't know. Basically, one hand and okay. wish in the other oh, right. and see which fills up first. I thought you were gone. <laughs> but, um, what I learned from this whole thing, so for everybody struggling with like my hardest thing in my business right now is the fact that I have a day job, is, uh, I wasn't willing at Father Apprentice to limit myself even to just being a blogger. Cause I was like, I'm, but I'm more than that. Or a YouTuber, well, I'm more than that, right? Or there's a dad guy, well, I'm more than that, right? It was always, I'm more than that. And I was unwilling to limit myself to define the edges of a single project and make it like, make myself satisfied yeah. with like this year. So uh, one of my heroes, Mike Birbiglia, he said he had this great interview on, on the Pete Holmes podcast recently where he just finished a great movie called Don't Think Twice and I loved it. Uh, I watched it again last night uh, in and he talked about how Mike Birbiglia were talking about this, this movie. Then he said, my goal, my goal in the next, he's like, what do you, what do you think we have? 20 years, 15 years, 25 years before we hang up the gloves. What do you want to have made? And, and he said, I want to make, I want to make my thing right now is I want to make 10 films, each one better than the last. I want to make 10 films, each one better than the last in the next 25 years. It's a specific defined project. You know why? Cause he's 40 and he knows this is kind of what life looks like right now. Yeah. You know, I've got the kid, I got the wife, I'm doing the thing, you know, I'll probably get cancer or so, or lose someone like we'll, we'll deal with things. Right. And I want to be a, an excellent storyteller. And I, Ira Glass did this self, very same thing. There's these old recordings of him on the transom podcast, figuring out how to tell a story. And that was his thing. He just wanted to learn how to tell a story, you know, fast forward 20 years he's still just learning how to tell stories. In fact, he's producing Mike Birbiglia's movies, helping him tell a better story because he knows story. He limited himself to knowing story. Mm-hmm. To, you know, you know? And obviously that's kind of grand. That becomes like one of these big grand vision things. It's hard to get to that when you're a 26-year-old trying to figure out, you know, 
trying to swipe right on Tinder as much as you're trying to figure out how to how to earn your living doing something you care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like if I would have defined a specific vision for this year, like one of the things I thought about for this year was like maybe I define uh, a 25 be- like good create uh, what I call communicators, like a video or a blog or a course or a a thing that communicates from one to many. Define 25 great ones to make this year. Like great ones. I want to make great ones. You know, it's one thing to like a bunch of blog posts. It's another thing to make a great communicator. You know, we have a few of these under our belt already. Yeah. Right. And to define that is very different energy to me than, than uh, just, we got to do this. We got to do that. You know what I mean? Sure. And the same thing with when you're, when you're working for somebody else and you go like, okay, well, I'm going to do this year. I'm going to, there's 12 months in the year. I'm going to do 10. Uh, I'm going to do 11 of these. I'm going to take December off. <laughs> I'm going I'm to make 11 of these things. Yeah. Right? That's a thing. You've just gotten specific. You've just gotten clear. You've gotten clarity. Yeah. You know, and and that can be all that it takes to, to really start gaining a little momentum instead of just having this existential angst about my life is literally slipping through my fingers mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'm ever going to show the world what I believe is true about me right you know and i really resonate with that and so anyways for that that's that's my that's my my tips on the job okay thing. so that's my tips on the job hang on a second can i can yeah. i add a quote to this mix because i found something yeah. that i really want to share i'm like levitating over here because we are talking about glenn <laughs> glenn doyle melton and i found the perfect i think what what i think is the perfect quote to compliment what you're saying chase because i love this yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm interested very interested in this tension between sometimes going where like sometimes that energy just pulls you forward and you don't even have to try to get out of bed to work on it and then sometimes all mm. you know is that you're not happy with what you're doing so let me just share this she says you can't miss your boat it's yours it stays docked till you're ready the only boat you can miss is someone else's let them have y- theirs while you wait for yours and then she adds Mm. i'm a mom of five three kids and two dogs and they need my attention i'm also a writer so ideas need my attention too every day ideas pull on my shirt and insist that i put them onto paper right away but i usually can't because my son needs me to watch him or his skateboard or my daughter needs me to help her with her book report or my dog needs a walk so 90 percent of the time i have to ignore these insistent ideas and allow them to slip away and pass on to someone who's more available. I suppose that could drive me nuts, but it doesn't. How lucky am I to be needed by ideas and children and animals? How blessed am I to love writing and motherhood so much that I'm constantly lovesick for one or the other? I found this and it totally mm. like blew my mind. So it just felt like it was a nice compliment to that kind of tension. And you might be in different seasons, depending. You, maybe the energy's pulling you or maybe you're just feel like you should be doing something but don't know what that thing is and it could drive you crazy. So I just thought, I just offer that quote to anyone who's kind of feeling that way. Mm, lovely, lovely, lovely stuff. I'll put both I'll put uh, both the Oprah, the Steve Jobs, and the Glennon Doyle Melton in the show notes here uh, at fizzleshow.co slash 196. All right, Corbett, I want to know. Right. I want to know. So for people just joining us, I, I love thinking about that too. Like, how, how are people just joining us? In the <laughs> like they just like skip forward to this exact moment. Like, yeah. anyway, for people who nodded off and didn't hear what the hell we've been talking about for the past X minutes, yeah. um, we surveyed our audience and asked them, what is the most difficult thing for you in building a business right now? And uh, we tried to, we asked them to put it into one word. So Steph's word, was time chases was job and um the one that stuck out for me is focus this Mm. was in here a few different ways focus focusing focused um and i think it's interesting right because 
people have this natural sense. They, they understand that focus is important for some reason, right? It's the worst when you feel like you're pulled in a million different directions. And it's really natural when you're building a business to feel that way. It's really natural to feel that way when you're doing anything that's fairly new, because there's so much to learn in any sort of domain. And with building a business, you're not only trying to become some sort of a domain expert and understand the thing, whatever it is, whether it's food or fashion or fitness or whatever it is, but you're also trying to understand how to build a business and how to create content and draw an audience and create products and all this kind of stuff. So it's easy to feel like there are a million different things that you could be doing. And at the same time, we all feel like focus is some sort of a key to what we what we're doing. Mm. And I was just thinking about how um, when we work on a project and rally together, like as a team, or mm-hmm. or even before when I was working alone, there's some magic that happens where you have to drop everything and focus on just one thing because you set a deadline for yourself. For example, mm. next mm. week, yeah. actually just in a few days after this goes live, we're launching a, a new podcast that Steph has been spearheading for us. And, uh, it's interesting to see like how this week we basically have as a team dropped everything else so that we can focus on getting this thing out. And that, that act of having a deadline has really honed us in. Mm -hmm. And I've also seen that whenever you go through that sort of somewhat painful process of focusing because you have a deadline or something looming afterwards, you look back and realize how important that was and how much mm. progress it caused you to make. Just looking back at the the history of Fizzle, you know, whenever we've put everything down so that we could launch a course, a lot of times we have something that becomes really valuable for us afterwards, even yeah. though yeah. it was painful for a couple of months. But even though it was painful because there was a lot of work to do at the same time, it always feels so freeing and so clear when you get to say, no, sorry, to all the emails that are in your inbox or yeah. to every other little pet project that was on your list. You could mm-hmm. say, no, sorry, I'm focusing on this right now. Yeah. Um, this, this one really stood out to me partly because I just started reading a book. Maybe you guys have read this one. Uh, it's called the one thing. Okay. And this is one of those like fad business books that came out just a few years ago in, in 2013. And I think it's popular for a couple of reasons. One is because of this feeling that people have that focus is the key to everything. Yeah. And also because the book is 133 pages and it's so small, really. We're we're all so busy that it's, it's nice to be able to actually finish something in a week. Got it. So, um, this was written by, uh, Gary Keller who started Keller Williams real estate and really, and Gary, um, attributes massive success that he had to working with a business coach who helped him focus on one specific thing in his business. And that was to hire these 14 people for key positions that he had open. And Mm -hmm. that's all he did. He actually gave up CEO duties Mm -hmm. and just decided to focus on hiring those 14 people. Mm. And then he started to see this transformation happening. And then afterwards he started coaching people, the top people within his organization, sort of like we would in a mastermind situation. And at the end of it, he would go, he would, he would meet with these people every week and he would go, um, okay, what key things do you plan to get done in the next week? Yeah. And people would kind of fumble over figuring out what they were and then they would meet the next week and inevitably some of those things wouldn't have gotten done and blah, blah, blah. So then he, he shortened it. He said, what are the three things that you're going to get done? And he shortened it again. What are the two things? And finally he got down to what is the one thing that you could do in the next week mm-hmm. that is so important that it makes everything else seem like it doesn't matter. Mm. 
And he started coaching people and they started having tremendous success with this. And so he wrote this entire book with a lot of you know great stories about how people have used focus and how important it's been. But the thing that kind of stands out for for me and yeah. I think for people who are worried about focus or feel like it's the the hardest thing in their business right now isn't so much knowing that focus is important. It's figuring out what to focus on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because there's all these different things that you could be doing. And sort of like you were talking about, Chase, and this idea where you feel like you want to change your life, but you're not sure what, and you just are looking for this like be-all, end-all existential answer to what you should do. Yeah. At the end of the day, you kind of just have to pick one yeah. and move forward with it and see what it's like. Yeah, I think about it as like as as like the thing you're trying to know you actually can't know until you're knee deep in the muck of right. doing a thing, like something else. Do you know what until I mean? you like, have some more experience. You have to. You have to get your hands dirty. Like you, the thing you want. Like, and it, and if I'm trying to find the right words to say it, because it needs to be said to so many fizzlers, they need to hear this. The thing you're trying to be certain. It would like I heard someone say, it would be so nice to be able to be certain, and you can wait for that if you feel like it's smart to do so <laughs> right do you know what i mean yeah it's like but the thing you already you know enough now to dive in and yes it's scary that you might have to m- stop work on that project to move again to another project after you've learned more yeah uh, this one isn't the one for me yeah that's a scary feeling and some people listening to this they have to do that they're like thinking about that right now going like i i like you know have you been in that mode where you're like i i I think I should be moving on, but you're like kind of not letting yourself know it because it just means all this, this foundation that I've set up and the piping and the, and all of the, like the, yeah. the, the timber and stuff. It's like, I got to move to a different building site, you know? Well, and, and you can look at, you know, projects on, you can look at that scale of projects and recognize that, you know, maybe you spent several years not starting anything because you weren't certain. Yeah. And then maybe you started on a project and then like immediately felt drawn to another and you never finished that first project. So you had nothing to show for it. Yeah. Except for the learning, of course. Yeah. yeah. You never actually put anything out in the world. And I think a lot of us look back and see that, you know, that's kind of how our beginnings of becoming an entrepreneur went. And sure, a lot of that is part of the game. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what has to happen. But you'll always be better off if you actually see something through, even if you shrink it down, yeah. you know, instead of this grand vision for this project, maybe you just say, okay, you know, I'm getting a little tired of this, so I'm going to give it my best for a month and then I'm going to release this to the world. So at least it's out there. I have something to show for it and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. Well, I think the same thing happens on a day-to-day basis for a lot of us. Yeah. You know, we, we just kind of move from one task to the other without ever like committing to one, getting yeah. something actually yeah. done. Yeah. And this is why people feel like they need to focus. So just like, you know, don't worry about the big existential answer because you can't be certain and you can't know that thing mm-hmm. now. That's mm-hmm. something you're going to learn when you're 60 and you look yeah. back and connect the dots. Yeah. Right now, your job is to say, okay, there are a million and one things I could be doing. Let's narrow it down to the top 20 yeah. and then narrow that down to the top three that I feel like would have the most impact that I'm most interested in and just are right for me right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then to some degree, you just have to throw a dart at the board or mm-hmm. talk with uh, somebody who feels like a mentor and, and ask them what they think and, and just try to get, you know, certain enough for right now to be able to move forward and actually start making progress on something. So I'm curious, I'm curious about, um, about the specifically one area in there, maybe some, anything that you've learned on this particularly Corbett, the things that you're the most interested in, mm-hmm. you know, I remember we have a fizzle, uh, 
a founder story inside of Fizzle with Josh Ship. He's like one of the world's like most successful youth speakers. And he talks about this building a speaking career and, and just like what he's learned. And one of the things in there that he talks about is like, is having a passion for what you do is, is not a, um, is not a, uh, it's not a, uh, what am I looking for? It's not just a feature. Like he's like, I would have given up years ago if I didn't, if I didn't get some sort of sick, twisted delight out of this thing, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? If it yeah. wasn't, if it wasn't some, some like on some deep level, continued to be interesting to right. me, you know, you know, in right. some way. And just as you were talking before about ping pong or bowling or golfing, which is yeah. so funny, like just like I, you could just throw lawn darts in there. They're just, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Play regular darts, lawn darts. <laughs> you should see. Doesn't you, really matter, listeners. Ski ball. You could probably hear it in his voice, I listeners. Really don't but care. you should see the way his face lights up when he thinks about these tasks. Uh. <laughs> he loves them. So, <laughs> I need to do that with you more often. You deserve it, buddy. Um, uh, but there's this. I'm curious about this because a lot of a lot of focus for me comes down to this drudgery of like I need to make sure I don't think about any of these things over here because I have to stay focused on this over yeah. here. And it feels like uh, I'm spending four times as much energy when I have to do something like that than if I can try to design my work uh, role such that the the things that are interesting to me are the things that I get to pursue. Yes, to some degree, but I think the discipline is also important yeah. because at the end of the day, you have to be solving problems for real people out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so easy just to flit from one thing to the next you know, following your interests. So what have you learned about the interest thing for you personally? I think you, ideally you try to combine them. You try to combine, this is that, that Venn diagram, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That everybody and their mother shares about, you're trying to look for something that the world wants, that you're capable of, and that you're really interested in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the overlap of those three things. So um, find something that you care about. And when you used like a key word there when you're talking about Josh Ship. You said having a passion. Yeah. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not the passion. It's yeah, not yeah. the singular passion that you have yeah, in life. It's yeah. not your calling. Yeah. It's just caring about it, right? Yeah, That's yeah. one ingredient. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if if all you have is passion for something, but nobody wants it and you're mm-hmm. not actually capable of pulling it off, then yeah. it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's just like if you have a huge vision, but you don't bring out a process and plan for it. Mm-hmm. You, you can just, com- you get really high on the vision, yeah. but then you completely fizzle out because you never got into the, the brass tacks, you know? Yeah, and the same thing is also true, where if you if you get completely bogged down in the you know process and execution, but you don't have any inspired sort of vision, you yeah. don't bring any, it's not like a life-giving, wing-sprouting, right. flying kind of thing for you. Right. You, you, you fizzle out either way. Yeah, you know? it, like in your example earlier, I think when you said you feel like the drudgery of like, I have to focus on this, even though I want to be doing these other yeah, things, yeah. it'd be interesting if you could find a way to incorporate those other things into this one project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this one project totally. has that checks off all the boxes for you, you know? Sometimes it's like, I've, I've been playing, like like we've mentioned on the show, I've been playing with uh, journaling, and one of the things that, uh, that has been really interesting to me, because it kind of works, is this like reframing exercise like like one of the things i write about every morning you guys steph and corbett in my journal is how excited i am to get to work with you two right and i and it takes every day it takes me writing that to remember it mm. you know what i mean like i get to go to work with these people like these people make room for me yeah you know what i mean like for me <laughs> it's a big ball of gratitude every morning you know and, and it is it's it's a, it's a total a total gratitude about that every day and now that so I might I might have things on my list that I feel about because I haven't completed them in in 
forever, right? And I'm just like, oh my God. So they start to gain all this negative emotional weight for me. But I sit in the morning and I'm like, okay, I get to go to work with these people. They do make room for me. And they think that I have a little bit of genius on some things that I bring in the same way that I know that they bring their own genius here, right? So this is a safe place for me to go like, okay, here's what I'm dealing with. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of just carrying everything all by myself. So that that kind of reframing of like what you're saying. Here's the interesting things. So j- just finding the thing that feels like a drudgery and go like, I get to do this project for people who are actually suffering. And they have real hearts trying to do a business. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, and that's a reframe. Sometimes that's enough, that reframing. Sometimes totally. that's enough to... That can supply the passion that you're looking mm-hmm. for. It totally the can. Interest. Hey, there are other people out here who are yeah. waiting for this from me yeah. because it's important to it's them. It's totally, totally true. And that's that goes. That's true for all of these, you guys. Time, job or day job stuff, and focus. It's like if you could just have a practice every morning where you spend a minute just going like, I like here's the things that I know I have to do, whether I want to or not, right? There's your day job stuff. And you're just like, what is the good thing about this? What is the reframe of this? That's like, hold on. What I love about projects like this is what? Like find something, sit with it for a second because it's going to make it so much more interesting to you. And then when you infuse this thing with your sort of life force, instead of just like your time and energy, it turns into something pretty. And you might, you never know. You might never need to leave your job. (laughs) You know, our job, our goal here at Fizzle is not that you leave your job. It's that you find personal and creative fulfillment you know what i mean freedom the life that you're like that's what i want my life to look like mm-hmm. right and you might not know enough yet what whether you need to be on your own or with someone we don't we're not telling you you got to be on your own with someone else i'd much rather you have a, a job working for someone who's, who's changing the world you know in a good way and you're providing you're you're keeping that ship steered in the right direction yeah instead of and there's this great <laughs> this great uh in and in, this is in closing the the uh dana carvey special on netflix mm. the new one 60 white male straight something like that right it's all the things you're not supposed to be <laughs> right but he does this great donald trump impersonation and he's just like the thing is about donald is you just wish he was fighting for something on your side or something like, like you know if donald's at the un talking about global warming You'd be you'd be fired up, right? He's like, you stupid, you stupid people, stupid countries. You put things in the ozone. It's stupid, all right? It's dumb. The, the oceans are rising. It's stupid, all right? You're stupid. You're low energy individuals, and we're gonna fix it. We're gonna fix it. That's what I'm gonna do because you're stupid. We're gonna fix it, all right? I know the people, the Princess Cruise Line. I've got a lot of ice makers. I know all the ice makers. The friend, these are friends of mine, and we're gonna take the ice up to the. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the guy you want. Right, so bad. I don't know why I, I, I something triggered me to do that, and I had a purpose. Oh, originally. there was a point. There was you said a, it was in closing. In closing, yeah. I you guess son of a. I guess I guess it was just uh, they, they were. I'll go back and listen to it, and maybe I'll add it back in in editing. <laughs> uh, anyway, Steph, what are your closing thoughts here? I I mean, this is interesting. I feel like when we came into this conversation, I had no idea it was going to be as rich as it's been. I think this has been a really great episode just 
I, I like so that I, we were inspired by the words that resonated most with our people. And cle- clearly they resonate with us too, because we had a lot to say on the topic. So I don't know, my hope for people listening is that, you know, I think we covered a lot of different ways to feel, whether you're feeling just naturally motivated for the new year, or you're kind of having a hard time shaking out the cobwebs, you know, like Chase mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So I hope that which, whichever camp you're in, there's something for you here in this conversation. And I think it's okay to just sit with that and, and let it evolve. And, and I think Corbett's advice was really great too, to just go ahead and put something out there and just see where it goes. I love it. Anything closing Corbett? It's just amazing how much time we spend talking about how we feel and how important that is, <laughs> right? As an entrepreneur, it's, yeah. it's all about the feels. It is. Yeah. It, it really is. Because you guys need to understand that your your emotions, your your energy, your spirit, in some ways, this is an untapped resource for most of us. And it and it has way more energy than than other stuff than are just our intellect. And yep. then just trying to like play the social game, keeping up with the Joneses, doing this stuff. Like you run out of energy. But if you find something that you just are lit up by, you just, you, you want to talk about a competitive advantage, you know, just like you can bring things to the table that nobody's thinking because you're just like what something Elizabeth Gilbert says is the creative life is a life that's lived more out of curiosity than fear. Right. And then just, I mean, I think like there's something about that when I live in curiosity instead of fear, like, cause I can do a lot of amazing things that people go like, that's so awesome. And I did them out of fear. And I look at those and I'm like, and they never give me the juice. Yeah. The way that like, if I can just pursue my curiosity, it chances are it might not lead to success in the way that, that I might need to survive. So you gotta get your, gotta get your stuff in order. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a balance act. It really is. Anyways, I've been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Steph Crowder. And we'll, we'll see you there, there or we'll see you on another, another time. time. So there you have Fizzleshow.co slash 196. We're getting close to 200, you guys. Fizzleshow.co slash 196, where you're going to find the links to the quotes from Glennon Doyle Melton, whose name I just can't believe that that's a name. (laughs) I just always, I love her name, and I always am like, am I getting this right? I feel like there's two Ns, too many Ns in this. Uh, Also, the quotes from Oprah and Steve Jobs, as well as links to that page of the 2016 quotes. Uh, I'm sorry, not quotes, but stats of Fizzlers. That That is at fizzle.co slash 2016. And show notes and the comments on this post are at fizzleshow.co slash 196. Here's an iTunes review from Injury Lad in the U.S. of A. who says, I've listened to so many podcasts related to entrepreneurialism and online businesses, and for the most part, they're good, but a little boring or schmarmy. I like that word, schmarmy. Fizzle is neither boring nor schmarmy and provides quality content. I also like that the hosts are genuine people on the air. I've read a few comments that talk about how the hosts spend too much time on air on topics, but I find it entertaining. I love that Chase lets loose with his creativity. Thanks, man. Uh, I have also become a part of the Fizzle community and have found the content to be very helpful. I have been a part of communities where the monthly fees were crazy high and have found the content to be limited and typically a regurgitation of free content found in the creator's blog or podcast. The Fizzle community is an incredible resource instead for anyone wanting to run their own business. Keep up all the awesome work and chase. Please just keep the 
all right portion when you do the intro. It sounds great and is part of your personality coming out. Oh, man, thank you so much, Injury Lad in the U.S. of A. Dear listener, if you haven't yet, please leave, leave us a review in iTunes. You just go to iTunes, you search for Fizzle in the podcast section, and click write a review. And by the way, all of you in the United States... We are almost at 500 USA reviews. We are like so close. We're at 495 as I record this episode. If you haven't yet, please just open up iTunes, search for Fizzle Show, and write a review. I would love to read yours out on the air. Okay, that's all for now. Here's that quote from Elizabeth Gilbert again who says, What is creative living? It's this. Any life that is lived more strongly by curiosity than by fear. Mm. I want that for you. I want that for me. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.